Friday Rush, live on the ref for the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas alongside Travis Davidson take you, taking you into the weekend. I'm at the Westwood Tennis Center right here in Norman. You're looking for something to do this weekend? Uh, they got the golf course that's out here. They got the pool that's out here. And, of course, you can get some uh, great tennis lessons for the kid this summer as well. It's all happening at the Westwood Tennis Center. I'll give you more details on that coming up this segment right here on the Friday Rush. Um, OU softball, it's the big conversation of the day. National championship, uh, national championship, I should say, for the sixth time in program history. And Travis, um, you got a little bit of an update as far as when that Saturday celebration is going to be? Uh, yep, just got a message from uh, somebody in the know. Um, they said the championship celebration for softball is not going to happen this weekend. Um they're not sure when it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen this weekend. So uh, you can go out and golf or, or swim or play tennis or lock into the uh, OU baseball game because they just uh, they just scored another run. So, uh, yeah, so you'll still have plenty to do over the weekend, no doubt about it. But the championship celebration for softball is not going to happen this weekend. Okay, yeah, and uh, when we find out a time and a date on that, we'll uh, pass that along to everyone else. But, yeah, hey, new cardio tennis classes for adults and kids are available. They've got morning and evening times here at the Westwood Tennis Center. Text ahead to reserve your spot as class space is limited. Contact Coach Brian Barnes to get signed up, 405-609-9442. All right, man, we were uh, thinking about it during the middle of the season and we certainly were thinking about it after the 16-1 to win over Texas, but now it seems like it's really fitting to ask the question. This team is in the conversation for the best college softball team of all time, but what claim does it have, Travis, as just that, the best college softball team of all time? I mean, it seems like a no-brainer when you look at just the totality of the numbers, right? Because we can get caught up in the emotions, you know, how how lovable the team is. Um, you know, people like, you know, Jada's just, just incredible passion, whether it's dancing off the bus or shouting from center field after a big play. You know, Jocelyn's, uh, you know, big smile and hang loose as she's rolling into uh, home plate as she always does after her, what, 122 home runs, uh, I believe she uh, finished the career with. Um, but you just, I, I think if you take all that away and you just look at the numbers, I mean, you look at the run rules, you look at the scoring differential, you look at, you know, led the country in ERA, led it in home runs, led it in slugging, led it in batting average, all that. And then you, you look at three different pitchers with sub-1 ERAs, a .91 ERA as a team I believe we finished the year at. When you start to just do that and kind of strip away, strip away the emotional thing, uh, the emotional ties to each team, um, and just did a blind resume, I think you would end up with OU being the best team. And again, like I've, uh, like I've been saying, this competition in 2022 is a lot different than it was three decades ago when some of these other greatest of all time teams played it's a new era you know that it's definitely grown throughout the country but it's specifically in the southeast it has grown to be a behemoth in the midwest it's grown to be in a behemoth um, obviously the naia the division two and the division one championships were all won by teams in the state of oklahoma so 
when you look at just the the level of competition and the and the level of difficulty that you face in 2022 versus 1992 and, and in that era, uh, I, I think it's a no brainer when when you do the blind resume. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty convinced, man. Um, I, I I'm there on it being the best offensive team that we've ever seen before. Uh, just to have Jallo and Allo uh, uh, and Jennings hitting back to back like that and what Jennings' numbers already are, but what they're going to be. And then you combine that with Grace Lyons and, you know, Jada Coleman. I, I don't need to name the whole lineup, but just go look at the numbers. Go, go look at the numbers, and I think that they'll tell you, the numbers will tell you, that's the best offensive college softball team we've ever seen. So in that regard, they have that in their corner. What really cemented it for me is what they didn't have this postseason for the most part. You know, take any team this year. And take most teams in the history of the sport, no matter how good you are, if you take away your ace, most teams aren't winning a national championship. And I, I would guess most teams wouldn't you maybe even make it to the Women's College World Series. From the start of the postseason, and I, you might say, well, okay, I mean, Jordy Ball was 1A and Hope Trout was 1B. That's fine. You at least took away, at worst, your second-best pitcher. I think we can all say that she was the best throughout the, the season. You take that away in the regional and the super regional. Not only did you make it to the Women's College World Series, you dominated basically every step of the way there and set more records in both of those tournaments. And then you get to the Women's College World Series where Patty Gasso admitted last night that, what, Jordy Ball was only 60% in the circle? You win a championship, a national championship, against a really good Texas team with a pitcher that's only 60% in the circle? And you did that because of elite defense and timely hitting and home runs by Kenzie Hansen and Grace Lyons. Like You can throw out all the numbers that you want, and I'll listen to those as to this team is the best of all time. But, Travis, what really nails it down for me is they were still able to find a way to win a national championship when their ace really didn't pitch all that much. And even when she did, she was you know 60% at best. Yeah, you bring up a great point about relying on your ace, uh, as we've seen so many teams do throughout kind of the history of this debate. And really, when you look at recent years, you know, Odyssey Alexander, obviously with the incredible run uh, with JMU. You even look at Montana Fouts and Sandercock with Florida State. Uh, you, you look at some of these runs, and without them, are they even tournament teams? Without them, are they, and without, you know, not trying to be disrespectful by any means, but without them, are they. Certainly, I mean, a couple didn't even make the Women's College World Series. So when when you can take Jordy Ball and a 60% Jordy Ball and still, uh, you know, go out there and, and, and pitch in game two and get the job done, it truly is incredible because I talked to people that just started watching Oklahoma softball in the postseason and hadn't watched them throughout the year or anything like that, and they were – they were wondering what the heck we were doing throwing Jordy since obviously Hope has been our ace all year or is our best pitcher. And right, not to yeah. take any not to take anything away from Hope, but it's like you can tell when people started watching Oklahoma softball because when people start questioning, Oh, why are we throwing Jordy? Well, because Jordy was our best best pitcher all season. Um, you know, so I don't know, it's it, to your to your point, you make a great point about Sometimes in softball you can get really reliant uh, on an ace. You know, we, 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 we've seen it even with our teams in the past, really leaning on an ace. But this team, 
we look at last year and we say, you know what, our pitching staff isn't as deep as we'd like it. And we come back this year and we have three pitchers that have a sub-1 ERA, and then we're bringing in the best pitcher in the country next year in recruiting, and we have one of the best pitchers in the country, uh, maybe the best pitcher in the transfer portal uh, in Norman today. So uh, you, you see all those, um, you know, you see all that on social media about when a team loses in the playoffs, you know, the, the star, whether it be Chris Paul or LeBron or somebody, or even a Jalen Hurts after a game working out, and everybody goes, man, that's a that's a different type of mentality. Well, how about OU softball winning a national championship, and the next morning they're hosting somebody in the transfer portal to try and make that 2023 Crazy, team man. have the three-peat. I mean, that is a commitment to excellence uh, that Brett Venables uh, um, would blush. Yeah. You know, and, and this is going to be the hot off-season topic uh, in, in, in college softball is, is this OU team the, the best of all time? And when we make the case one way or the other, we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at offense and what's in the circle. And I'm not saying that those aren't two important ingredients. Obviously they are. I think that they're one and two. But what's under the radar a little bit, and what I think is really important, if this team cares about being the best of all time, I'm going to guess that they probably do, is the final memory of this team was that they had maybe their most elite defensive performance of the entire year. There's more to softball than just hitting and pitching in the circle. Again, those two are big-time components. Those are massive. But defense is also a thing, right? And I think we saw last night, Grace Lyons, the best defensive shortstop ever to play the game. Okay. Is Jada Coleman trending towards one of the best center fielders to ever play the game? Sure. Alyssa Brito was great in left field last night. Is she going to be your starting third baseman next year? I mean, you get the point here. The added benefit of being known as an elite defensive team, the elite defensive team this year in college softball, may give them that bump, Travis, to where people say, because of how great they were defensively, mixed in with the offense, mixed with the, in with the numbers in the circle, yeah, I give the nod to that, to that OU team. And the fact that that was the last memory of the season, I think will go a long way in that, uh, in that argument. Yeah, and again, talk about the eyeballs on the games this weekend when, when the casual fans or the new fans, if you will, look back on this team. And they say, man, what made that team so good? And they'll say, well, I don't know. When other teams tried to hit home runs, Jada Coleman makes sure that they didn't. So, uh, I don't know, maybe it's because uh, their defense they were so good. You know, that's what people are going to remember. They, they remember what happens when the lights are brightest. And when the lights were brightest, that's what impressed me so much about this team was they, were, they, they flipped the switch and they were better in the postseason. And we all know what happens in the postseason. Your competition level goes up. Everybody that's there is there for a reason. So the fact that they were able to perform like they did in the postseason against better competition was so impressive. And it's funny because you can kind of say, okay, if you have enough hitting, then maybe you don't need, you know, a stable full of aces, uh, you know, in the circle. And then you can say, okay, well, if you have enough hitting, you know, and then you have an off day, well, at least you've got a bunch of aces in the circle. But then it's kind of the, the third level of it is, okay, well, if, if you have a bad day on the bats and I guess you're, you know, your aces aren't dealing, oh, ah, crap, I guess they've got a great defense too. So it just seems to be one of those demoralizing things for, tech, for Texas and others, uh, other opponents to say, God, is there anything they don't do better than us? 
Yeah, right. Um, by the way, text line 405-651-3439, Air Cover Solutions text line. Give me your give me your best point or give me your best argument as to why this 2022 OU team is the best college softball team of all time. Maybe you just say, well, the offense is really good, or maybe you go, um, you know, all in on a stat that you that you love from this year's team. Whatever, um, just give me your best point on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Why this 2022 OU softball team is the best that we've we've ever seen. And we played a clip from Patty Gasso earlier where she was emotional. She was she was crying at the uh, post game press conference last night. Travis and I both agreed that we've never heard her like that before. There was just so emotional talking about this team, and uh, Parker is going to cue this one up. But it was an it, it was an emotional man. It, it was emotional last night because that team won a championship, but they realized that that particular team will never get to play again. Here is uh, Kenzie Hansen, who had the biggest hit of the night talking about Jocelyn Allo. Everybody has that super senior that kind of takes them under their wing, and um, mine was Joss. And, you know, to see her go, she's going to pass the baton down. And it's just something that I have always had here. So I hope that as my class gets older, that we make her proud and the super seniors that have taught us that – being a good teammate is the most important thing. If you attended that press conference last night, Travis, or like somehow watched that press conference live with video and you didn't leave emotional or shedding a tear, you may have no soul because it seems like everyone from OU who talked last night uh, eventually cried one way or the other. Yeah, I think you almost have to treat it, at least I hope it was treated, um, like sometimes you go to funerals and they have Kleenexes everywhere. Uh, they have little boxes everywhere because they know it's emotional. Uh, that press conference, hopefully they were prepared, or at least people brought some handkerchiefs because, yeah, uh, that, that I, don't, I couldn't have held it together. There's no doubt about that. So, um, you know, I, I doubt many people did. Just, just incredible. But I love her words. I mean, I love, you know, the most important thing, being a great teammate, right? And part of that, part of being a great teammate, I mean, when you go back to, even the Jordan years, what he would define as being a great teammate, you know, making sure, you know, everybody works at the same standard. Everybody, when when you hear even T.R.A. Jennings talk about Jocelyn Allo, it's she's gotten so much better by watching how Jocelyn prepares, about the film she watches, everything like that. That's part of being a good teammate. Being a good teammate isn't just, you know, winning Miss Congeniality and just being nice to everybody. It's it's providing an example on how hard work, you know, how hard work pays off. And I think that, especially in Jocelyn's uh, um, post-game, not the press conference, but just the immediate uh, interview afterwards where she talked about, hey, hard work pays off. If you work hard enough, uh, talking to all the little girls out there, if you work hard enough, you can, you can be in this position too. So uh, I, I think that's really important. That, that that's stressed with this team is the importance of being a good teammate and all that that encompasses. Yeah, let me get to one text here uh, from Jay in Tulsa. He says, all right, here goes. I'm going to try to make my claim for 2022's best team ever. They had the best possible defensive team of all time. They may have the best pitching staff of all time. They may have the best hitting team of all time. What the hell is the argument against? It's a great question, Jay. Um, the the question going into the season was, well, how are they going to be able to play sh- 
replace uh, G. Juarez and Shannon Sale? Can the staff in the circle be good enough for this team to win another national championship? Well, obviously we know now that, yes, it was. And what was once a question mark, Travis, turned into up and down probably the best pitching staff in all of college softball. That's an opinion by me, but I can also back that up with numbers. I think what Team ERA, they were number one in the country. If not number one, they were close to it. So that says everything, man. You can't even say the pitching, the number one thing that was a question mark going into the year because they ended up being the best staff in the country this season. There is no argument against. Yeah, and and, and to your point, you bring up Team ERA, uh, but, but sometimes, you know, they, they get that on, you know, it's, it's, it's not – average just if one per, if one person pitches 10 innings another per, person pitches 200 innings um you know it's not weighted like that so this it wasn't a situation where they had one ace that had like a 0.21 era and pitched the whole season and no this this was a deep staff they had three pitchers in the top five of the era at one point in the season i think they finished with three in the top seven uh, before the Women's College World Series, and that's the thing. That's why you can say it's the best staff, uh, because yeah. we because it it wasn't just Jordy heavy. Obviously, with her injury, we became hope heavy. But then Nicole May was great throughout the year, and that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, Parker and I were talking about this on the drive. I'm glad that she got in yesterday in the game and and pitched well, because I, I think. I think it was a bit unfair that a lot of those people that were just tuning in maybe to the postseason for the first time, maybe turning into college softball for the first time ever, um, to just see Nicole May and think, oh, what the heck, why did we play her? She's no good. Are you kidding me? She had a sub-1 ERA. So I'm glad that she got to go out there and, and kind of leave a different taste in the mouth uh, of, of softball fans uh, because she is. I, I, wanted, I wanted her to show her stuff and, and show that she's one of the best pitchers in the country, and she went out there and proved it. Text line, remember they put up all those numbers with 40 run rules? Yeah. Um, <laughs> those offensive numbers, there was a lot of at-bats left out there. I mean, think of how many at-bats Jocelyn Allo not robbed from because you played well enough to create a situation where you could run rule people, but how many more at-bats Jocelyn Allo could have had um, if she wasn't on such a dominant team. By the way, update in the – 35 to 40? 35 to 40. Yeah, probably. Extra, I think it came out to about 10 games. Um, so if you, if you say she gets three or four, you know, at bats a game, um, but you're, you're looking at 35 to 40 more at bats and with her average, that's 20 more hits, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is from Pottstown, Pennsylvania sooner. All right. Uh, appreciate you checking in from Pennsylvania. Jordy led us to the gates, to the promised land. Hope and Nicole took us through, got to give it up to all three. You know, Jordy and Nicole, or excuse me, Jordy and um, Hope are the, you know, the main two conversations here when we talk about in the circle. But I I know Nicole didn't have the greatest start against UCLA in that game one. But Travis, she came back and threw, what, four innings in two games in the championship series? She was lights out. She was great. I don't think she gave up a run. So you've got to give it up to Nicole May for coming back in the championship series twice and being absolute nails in relief. Right, and I do think it's important. uh, I think it's important to kind of tell the whole story about the UCLA game, right? I mean, she's going to get a lot of the blame of, oh, man, you know, she gave up a lot of runs. Well, 
if our bats are as crazy in game one as they were in game two, are you even having that discussion? I mean, right. the, 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 that's that's part of it, is you got to tell the whole story. You've got to provide context, because if she had the run support, and run support gives a pitcher a lot of confidence. So if you have the run support like Oklahoma often gives their pitching staff, um, I think we're having a different conversation uh, maybe after that UCLA game than why did why did Nicole May get the start? We should have thrown hope every game, you know. Uh, so I think that's important to remember too. Agree. OU is up five to two in the bottom of the seventh inning in the Blacksburg Regional. Sooners getting uh, closer, three innings away from going one up in the Super Regional. We'll keep you updated on that. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Keep uh, hammering it on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next on the Friday Rush. Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. I'm live at the Westwood Tennis Center where there's tons of brand new apparel in the shop from. Brands like Nike, Adidas, Luck and Love, and more. They got it going on here at the Westwood Tennis Center. Also check out the Westwood Pool and the Westwood Golf Course as summer is officially underway. Tough break uh, for the OU baseball team. They're up 5-2 in the bottom of the seventh. There was two on, nobody out, and they couldn't make a routine play or really a routine throw on the infield, and that led to a two-run home run. Uh, the very next hitter. So it's now OU 5, Virginia Tech 4. Hokies mounting a little bit of a rally here in the bottom of the seventh. Two outs and nobody on. Um, let, let's let's hope that that error, Travis, doesn't turn things around for Virginia Tech because that's a pretty big momentum swing in favor of the Hokies. Yeah, it was. You just have to stay away from those self-induced, uh, you know, errors. And luckily we got out of the inning just now, but... You know, the damage was done, 5-4, but good news, you still got the lead, uh, you know, and the game is nearly over as we reach uh, the the last couple innings here. Just got to hold on, got to stay aggressive, can't play not to lose, got to play to win. Uh, all those uh, all those cliches, you can break out all the cliches that you can think of, and, uh, and yeah, so still in a good position, still in a good position. Yeah. Uh, let me read one more on the Air Comfort Solutions text line before we move on. Nicole May was fast and threw around 69 miles per hour. Her two innings were stellar. Yeah, she had great velocity uh, in Game 1 and Game 2 of the championship series. Um, you know, Some thought that she may not be the greatest matchup for Texas, but uh, <laughs> she was a great matchup for Texas in her two relief uh, appearances. How was it? Um, I haven't asked you yet. I don't know why. How's it going in Vegas? Have we reached the you know 111 degrees on the heat index yet? What's it looking like out there in the desert? I'm in I'm in a uh, we're in the brisk hotel room right now at a cool 69 degrees, but it is 107 true temp outside. So you know they say you know it's a dry heat, but 107 still 107. So. Uh, I can only imagine it's going to get a little bit warmer throughout the day, and that's why this evening's event um, is going to be a little bit later. They want to kind of dodge some of that heat. So uh, it's nice that they're at least cognizant of that. They're not putting all these kids out there at, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, um, and, they're, and they're actually trying to protect them a little bit. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's warm out here, but, you know, the things we do, to get the the intel that Sooner fans want. Yeah. Um, you you just thought that you were going to drive all the way out there, and there's going to be a ton of elite prospects at this Cam, uh, Cam Newton 7-on-7 event. 
but you thought that you were going to get to see uh, big-time quarterback DJ Lagway. Well, he's not there. Instead, he's at OU today. Um, one, why did that happen? Why did DJ Lagway end up at Norman today? And how should Sooner fans take that, that instead of this big-time 7-on-7 event hosted by a guy like Cam Newton, he's, he's at OU instead? What's the read there? Well, I'm sure most people want to hear the read is that he doesn't need to do 7-on-7 seven seven or anything anymore, doesn't need to even talk to any other recruits or anything because he's just going to sign on the dotted line today, right. and that yeah. recruitment's over. But um, unfortunately not the case. i tell you what, uh, Parker and I were, were talking about it on the way here. I, we saw a tweet about him being there, and Parker and I looked at each other and thought, what is going on? So uh, Parker immediately starts reaching out to some people, and – there's really not a great explanation of why he, he switched up his plans. But if I had to pick the top two places in the world for you know DJ Lagway to be, I guess number two would be here in Vegas uh, at this event. And you know, number one would be in Norman, Oklahoma. So uh, you know, I've got my bases covered in that case. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not bad news for OU. Um, I mean, it's it's never bad when, when he just shows up on campus like that, especially because he might be your number one target uh, that you're looking towards in that class for a for a quarterback. So it's it's good news. It's just yeah, it sounds like it surprised um, surprised a lot of people that he was there. So we'll, we'll see if um, I, I I don't know if like a commit is imminent here. I don't, I guess I don't necessarily feel that way or at least i haven't heard that but it'll be interesting to see what happens here as uh, as we move forward another well, like big the, visitor much, much like Derek leblanc yeah. sorry to cut you off but much much like Derek leblanc when we when we talk about visits and you know it's these these unofficials especially i mean the unofficials are on their own dime so when you look at like leblanc coming all the way from florida when he's coming to Oklahoma on his own dime, that means something. It means they want to be there. It means they want to be around the coaches. They want to be around other recruits that might be considering Oklahoma. And, and, and they just want to get familiar with the place. So often you hear these kids say, man, it felt like home. It felt like home. Well, you know what builds a real feels-like-home um, you know, mentality and, and culture is familiarity, being there often, right? Well, anytime you have – a player that likes a DJ Lagway show up, obviously, uh, you know, five-star quarterback, going to be has offers from everybody. Uh, when he just shows up on his own dime, just to hang out, he knows, uh, you know, some other top-end guys are there. That is always a good sign. Nobody ever goes on an unofficial visit because they aren't considering the place. Yeah, yeah, like you said, big-time five-star quarterback listed at 6'2", 215, class of 24. But, uh, yeah, it's the who's who. Clemson's got the offer out. Georgia's got the offer out. Um, Bama's got the offer out. OU's got the offer out. Oregon, I mean, name name a big-time school. USC's got the offer out. Um, We'll we'll see, though. Uh, That'd be a big-time addition in the class of 2024, five-star quarterback. Another... Uh, Big-time prospect is in town this weekend with a little bit more of a local flair. Four-star wide receiver out of Owasso. We talk about him a lot, Cole Adams. I was telling Parker earlier, I feel like this could be the significant moment in his recruitment as it pertains to OU. I feel like, man, if OU ends up landing this commit from Cole Adams, 
we're probably going to be pointing towards this weekend and say that was the moment where everything really shifted in OU's favor. That's where really OU made up a lot of ground, and that's where they were able to make a move and get a commitment from him. Yeah, and there's a couple different philosophies, right, on how you do these OV weekends. Uh, last week, you know, the Champion Barbecue, obviously all hands on deck from a volunteer standpoint, from a staff standpoint, uh, coaching and otherwise. Uh, but that's 28 official visitors, and that is a lot. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of the Cheesecake Factory approach, right? If you have a menu with 510 items on it, yeah, you got a lot of options there, but it, it's really hard to you know specialize in it. So um, just by the nature of there being six OVs versus last week's 28 OVs, um, you know, you can spend a little more time with each recruit uh, as opposed to last week. So I do think, you know, getting a guy like Cole Adams to commit, if he can even look back, and even if he doesn't commit this weekend, if he ends up at Oklahoma and you're able to look back at it and say that was the turning point, was him getting to Norman and spending some time uh, with some other, you know, kids in his class, um, even some local ones, uh, I, I think I think OU's going to gonna do well with that this weekend, again, with all the time they can spend with him and focus on him and not spread to 28 OVs. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. Hey, um, I, I, I want to promote something here, especially while I have you on because you know a lot about this event. Uh, Britt Venable's got the 212 Ladies Football Clinic uh, coming up later on this summer and want to promote that a little bit because it's going to be a really cool event. Um, the clinic is open to women and girls 10 years and up, and admission is um, – oh, I'm going to get to that. The, they, they've got an admission for $150, and they are offering a 25% friends and family discount when more than one registration is booked at a time, the discount will end on June 25th. There is also a 25% discount for OU students. But this looks like it's going to be a really cool event. It's a Saturday, July 26th. Registration is going to start from 8 a.m. and it's going to end at 9 a.m., um, but it's going to be just a really cool program. You can have a lunch there, an afternoon program that's there, VIP tour, an opportunity to shop. I, I know that you know some details on this uh, ladies' football clinic going on in Norman. We've got a ton of uh, we got a ton of uh, women that love to listen to the station, and a ton of women that love OU football, man. And this kind of sounds like Travis. This is a unique event for the ladies to go out and kind of see what goes on behind the scenes at OU football. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, you know, one of the things that Brent Venables is really trying to hammer in is, right, that family feel. And, you know, moms and, and, and women and sisters and, you know, aunts and nieces, that's that's a big old part of the family. So um, getting them involved absolutely is important. Um, there will be pictures with the coaches and the players. Um, there's going to be um, games. You're going to be learning football from, you know, kind of an X's and O's standpoint. Uh, make, always makes the game easier to watch. An educated fan base is always a good fan base on game days. Uh, you only have to do drills if you want to. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to strap you in and say, okay, you have to go run a 40 or something like that. Uh, only if you want to, uh, they'll put you through some drills. Uh, you get a T-shirt and a, and a swag bag. This will include breakfast and lunch. Um, there will be vendors that set up uh, uh, to shop. Uh, I do have an email 
uh, uh, to direct questions to. Um, so get out your pens or uh, um, your notes app, if you will. It's Coach V two one two Foundation at gmail.com. Coach V as in you guessed it, Venables two one two Foundation at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, all registrants will have insider access to the Barry Switzer Center and get to hear directly from new head coach Britt Venables. That's worth the price of admission, as well as learn from our new coordinators during special offensive and defensive educational presentations. You get to run on Owen Field, learn how the OU nutrition team fuels the players, get an up-close look at how the Sooners recruit, and hear from all of the other uh, change makers who are leading the OU football program into a new era as well. Um, there will be yeah. special guest appearances, a local vendor pop-up shop market, silent auction, raffle, door prizes, and much more. This is an event uh, that you do not want to miss. So that that's going to be pretty cool, and uh, that's coming up on July 16th. Uh, that's, that is on a Saturday. So ladies, sign up, get out there, because it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's it's decently early too. So you think, uh oh, Saturday in the summer going to be real hot. Uh, it looks like they've taken that into account as well. And if you haven't gotten to see the insides and outs of the Switzer Center and the some of the facilities, oh man, it it is worth it. I mean, that's you you've seen all these big renovation projects over the years get announced, and and you sit there and you say, man, really, hundred million, two hundred million. Man, what are they doing with all that money? You you take a tour through those facilities and you say, oh, okay, okay, this, this is yeah. where it's going. So so I hey. I highly recommend that to anybody. Just simply from the the touring aspect uh, and everything like that, it is an incredible facility. Uh, I, I I highly recommend it. And on Twitter says, I want to go to the ladies' camp, but we'll be in San Antonio that weekend with five mad faces. you got to cancel the San Antonio trip. That's what it comes down to. San Antonio and ain't going anywhere. It. Alamo's not going anywhere. <laughs> well, if you touch it wrong, it might. It's going well, to fall down. It, you walk in there and they're like, please do not touch the walls, <laughs> or this thing might fall on top of everyone. So <laughs> San Antonio's not moving, but the Alamo, eh, maybe. Mm. Who knows? All right, we'll uh, we'll roll on next. It is the Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Friday Rush, live on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. I'm live at the Westwood Tennis Center. OU baseball clinging to that 5-4 lead in Blacksburg over Virginia Tech. Game one of the Super Regional. Sooners are, what, five outs away from winning game one. 5-4, uh, bottom of the eighth. Vatek at the plates. One on and nobody out. One game has already gone final. East Carolina, 13-7 to winners over Texas earlier today. So the Horns got to win back-to-back games to keep their season alive. Hey, big news today in college football. Uh, reports out that Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF will join the Big 12 in 2023. BYU is going to be there too. Travis, are we going to see a 14-team Big 12 in 2023? And if we do... Do they go divisions? Do they go no divisions? What's that dynamic going to look like? Man, I, I just don't know why you would spend any time on that if you're the Big 12. Just let OU and Texas out of it. Get with the TV partners. Do that. Because, what, you're going to have that for two years, and then you're going to have to have a whole other realignment discussion. Because when they leave, you go, do you get away from 
divisions? Do you? I mean, what do you do then? You these decisions take so long because you need so many people to agree on something, and nothing goes quickly when you get the conferences involved. So, why would you put two different slow processes on the schedule when you can just do one and have it be the one you have going forward for an indefinite amount of time? Yeah, maybe they just really want that buyout money that they, they feel like they've cornered OU in Texas and having to pay, and maybe they just want that buyout. Um, I, I, I don't know, man, but it's going to be super weird if for just one or two years you have just OU in Texas lingering in the conference while, uh, yeah, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU are playing in this thing. Let, let, let's say that's... Let's say that OU's only in the league for one year with these four teams. Uh, you get to play in one road trip here. You get to put it on the schedule. Do you want to go to a road game at Cincinnati? you want to go to a road game at Houston, UCF, or BYU? Which, which one of the four? Ooh. Which one of the four? Uh, I'm probably going... I'm probably going UCF, I think, probably out of those. It depends on what time really? of the year it is. Uh, it depends on what time of the year it is. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking... I'm thinking, well, I, I guess we're going to have a lot of Florida trips in the SEC, so maybe I stay away from that. Um, Orlando's then, not the greatest place on earth, by the way. It, I, I, I mean, Disney unless you're going to like, yeah, I, well, Disney yeah, literally but says there's a little is. false advertising magical, on that. Magical place on earth, right? I mean, I, I, I kind of want to stay out of the state of Ohio uh, for a little while until, uh, the, you know, Baker situation gets resolved. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? None of them really. BYU man. Like, see, none B- of them BYU really ex- for me. Yeah, none of them really excite me though. I mean, yeah, um, go- going to Cincinnati does not excite me. Um, going to UCF does not excite me. Going to Houston does not excite me. Um, and not only does do, do those environments not really excite me. Orlando doesn't excite me. Houston definitely doesn't excite me. But Provo, Utah, BYU does, man. Now, not going to be a huge party scene out there. We know that. <laughs> but as of, uh, I, I've gotten later in life here, Travis, I figured out that uh, mountain scenery is one of the few things that can actually uh, calm me down and chill me out. So, you know, Folsom Field and Boulder is one of the cooler stadiums I've ever gone to just because it's so unique with that mountain backdrop. Mm-hmm. BYU has that as well. I just think it would be really cool to just kind of see the scenery outside the stadium that's there. BYU has a pretty cool environment. I mean, they they, they care about college football out there. It's it's not close. It's it's BYU for me, and I don't even think there's a close second. Where would all right? So let's let's make up our own little conference realignment. Say it. Say BYU was coming with us to the SEC. Now, where does BYU rank on road destinations if you put them in the SEC? Well, it's so different. It's hard because it's so different than ever. I mean, everyone else in the SEC is mean and nasty, and they're doing beer bongs at 6 a.m. before the 7.30 night kick, you know? I mean, BYU is like the least SEC environment ever, but I'll play along. Um, LSU would be better. A&M would be better, Arkansas would be better, Ole Miss would be better, Alabama and Auburn would be better, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. I mean, it would probably be 
It's better than Vanderbilt's. It's better than Missouri. Vanderbilt and Nashville it's better than fun. I know, I know. I mean, it, it would. I mean, there's only like a few SEC schools that would be worse. Or yeah, yeah, that would be worse. Mississippi probably. State and Missouri would probably be where the only the, the two I'd put behind. It. But I guess that's probably my that's probably my point in my in my struggle to answer because I've been thinking I've been full blown. Hey, man, we're we're on to the SEC. Let's start thinking about. These stadiums we're going to, these fan bases we're interacting with, these programs uh, we get to go against, and uh, and so I've been all thinking along that line of excitement, and then now I get I get BYU, Houston, you know UCF, and Cincinnati. I just none of those get me to the level of even the top ten destinations in the SEC. Yeah. Hey, top of the ninth, by the way. OU up five to four. Uh, so they are three outs away from uh, winning game one of the Super Regional. All right, we'll uh, tell you more about that. We'll keep an eye on that. Talking more softball, more football as well. Keep it locked on the ref. It's the Friday Rush. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of the Friday Rush. CavensConstruction.com. Three outs away for the Sooners. And game one of the Blacksburg Super Regional, OU and Virginia Tech, 5-4 Sooners clinging to a lead in the ninth inning. And um, it's not that uh, the Sooners are a trendy pick. Now they're two outs away. Great strikeout by Trevin Michael. It's not just that, uh, Travis, the Sooners are a trendy pick. They are the trendy pick right now to win this regional and maybe make a deep run in the College World Series. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as I was saying, you get this often in you get this often in you know March Madness, and uh, you know you get sexy picks. But this is this feels different. This feels like they're better than the teams they're playing. Now two yeah. outs, one out until uh, one out away. We, t- we take a one zero series lead. But it looks like you look at Florida. We were just better than them. It seems like yeah. we're better than Virginia Tech. So we'll see. Final hour of the Friday rush coming up next.